I gotta see this. Yeah, okay, it's so. not. It's <laughs> Ashley is tough to convince. And I, I don't Ashley. believe the chess match burns you 500 burn calories either. either. No, absolutely not. If that were the case, why why are not like surgeons and, and even chess players like ripped AF? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> yeah. No. I would like to. I would like to say. I like. I love how you. Maybe 50 calories. You know what I love though? I do love that you're not easily convinced. Because yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like, no, I want to ask why. Like what would the reason be, right? So yeah. that's good. I do like that. But yeah, I might have taken that at face value too easily and I'm disappointed about it that I did. So, <laughs> but I'm going to look it, I'm going to look it up. So for, supposedly, maybe one of you guys can help us out. Supposedly, when you play chess at like a high level that you're using your brain so much that you burn uh, a lot more calories than just at rest, at just like sitting there, even though you are just sitting there. So that's the argument we're trying to figure out here. But I will say, we're talking about me doing the podcast by myself, and I was like, "Yeah, it was it was it was harder. It was definitely exhausting. Yeah. I think it's less fun when then when you're here. It's probably the other yeah, thing too. Yeah, because you don't even get like a little break, like you know, whenever I go on a ramble or something, and then you get a little like uh, yeah. re regroup your thoughts, and you know what I mean. It's like go go go. You know, and some of you guys might be wondering who are watching this through video and Instagram. They're probably saying, "You know what? Ashley's looking quite Hulk like right now." She's looking very hulky, and um, you know what? She has, you know, she's got a few weeks before the next show, so she's going into like a, a I don't want to say a real off season, but an Ashley off season, just like a six weeks. <laughs> and I have for her this Hulk mug. <laughs> <laughs> this, Heck yeah! This, this Hulk mug for Ashley to to get more Turn gains it so from. they can see also the full the full version. Oh, of the full this. version yes. of it, yeah. So she yeah. can she can get those off season gains <laughs> in the morning time. Heck yeah. Yes, it it's is. It's like an angry one, too. Yeah, he's a, he's going to attack the day, Ashley. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that applies <laughs> to me. Very much relates yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. And then we're going we're gonna to try a new workout, some new workout stuff, some extra high-volume stuff for a very short period of time, maybe four uh -huh. to six weeks of doing things like every day. I think we can follow up with it and see. That would be good. It would be good. We should do a, like a before and after kind of thing, even though it's not that long to. But, it, yeah. We should do a Staiku yeah. scan. Um, yeah, we could do a Staiku scan maybe tomorrow or something before you're, you know, you're not pumped or anything like that. And then, um, and then do one at the end of the six weeks and see if that four to six weeks, see if you're, how your shoulders are feeling. We're going to do this, uh, attack this like five days a week type of thing. They've been doing it in Brazil and I've been trying, I've tried it with four people now. Um, and it's been working. I've been doing it with glutes. So I am, I am doing my own, my own stuff right now, researching and it's, you know, it's, you know, the problem is, is with research is it doesn't address high-level, high-performing um, athletes like you who have a very high recovery ability more so than what you'd get in, like, a study with a bunch of college students being used in it, you know? So yeah, this is fun. This has got to, you know. Yeah, it's and fun. we're, I don't know if you specified, we're going to target mostly the upper body, the shoulders, because yep. it's the stubborn area on me. Gosh, you know? Where's your stubborn area? Is your calves? Yeah. The calves I don't think, that's why we're, I got, Have you ever seen my seen my... By calves? Yeah, no, they, I think you flashed <laughs> me a calf once, uh, one time. It was for like Forget a what it looks like. Um, but you know, you're always wearing pants. It so. was, it's funny. I never wear. I never wear shorts like ever. Uh, Kipper's like, if we go to the beach, do you wear boards? I'm like, yes, of course, of course, I wear boards to the beach. That's pretty funny. Yeah, the rare, the rare calf. Oh yeah, when you competed, you you can't hide them. No, yeah, I was shorts. I was working them a lot more frequently than mm -hmm. also. I was like every other bodybuilder who was obsessed with their calves. Worked them like seven days a week and just genetically just didn't have them, but still got like 
maybe a half an inch of growth like every Add a year. Little like, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't Starting think I got to that moo. stage. My calves never got off the udder. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> they, were, they were on the udder lifelong, even when um, I was bodybuilding. Yeah. Hey, can I get that from you, Ash? That water jug? Oh, yeah. Okay, this is another present we didn't have on. This is for Ashley when she won the Wasatch Warrior. Um, this is a water jug. This is pretty <laughs> cool, right? Thor's hammer? Yeah. The, the actual one. It's like, this is such an awkward thing to do. Like, let me just, kind of this, looks like a, it could also be Jeannie in a bottle. This is the, uh, the Wasatch Warrior trophy. So I traded her, she gives me her trophies. So I traded her this one for the water jug. You know something? I feel like if I brought this to the gym, like it kind of just looks like an alcohol bottle, like a fancy, uh, like a it kind of does alcohol. Actually. Like if I had water in it, it could be like a, a <laughs> fancy vodka or something. Like, what is this girl doing? Yeah, Jeez, I like, mean, come on. Well, people would probably be like, "Oh, that's what it works. That's what works." And then maybe they start doing it. <laughs> but if so, you have it like this, you can tell it's a hammer. But if you turn it upside down, it definitely looks it like actually fancy does. alcohol. It does. <laughs> like a fancy brand name or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, so fun, fun. To, you know, we have this topic. That came about today, and it came about from our friend Greg Doucette, who uh, did a video, and it was, and it actually reminded me of things that you said, like you said, training your taste buds. Mm -hmm. And my taste buds are, are ripped to the max. I don't know if you saw them lately. I know we're we're talking a lot about like you know, glutes and shoulders, but taste buds. <laughs> these taste buds, man, they got like biceps and veins and stuff going on in there, and. They're, they've got like six packs. I would say your taste, taste buds, buds are really your buds. They are, they really are your buddy. my buds. Yeah, they're your buddy. And they I don't, I don't think everyone else's taste buds are as much their buddy as yours are. Dude, my taste buds like bench press 300 <laughs> last weekend. You know what I'm just, saying? They're just really good to you, you know? And I was like, well, okay, how do we go about, how do we go about Kenny's <laughs> Kenny, hey, Kenny. So how do we go about, um, training your taste buds, right? And how do, what does that even mean? And this was really cool because there's two things that we're going to bring up on video here that really talked about training your taste buds. And I think, I think that, well, I know that for sure. You and I get a lot of slack for like saying, you know, don't eat these things, like be clean all year, stay lean. And people who have a hard time staying lean and start to have a hard time with their diet kind of villainize us for that. At least me, because I promote it so much with Argos. I just know how hard it is to get in shape for a show when you're constantly transforming into show. And I know what happens over the, the career of a, of an athlete who does that. It's a, not a long career when they're constantly transforming, they get worse and worse. It gets harder and harder to get back lean again. Cause they've been dieting for so long. They don't give themselves enough break in between shows with these huge rapid weight gains. So I'm like, okay, maybe there is something to training your taste buds. And then this came up with Greg. And then there's also the thing we talked about with, um, with Penn from Penn and Teller about the taste buds and it made a lot of sense. And I was like, you know what, this does apply. And you always talk about it and it's a real thing. You know, it, it's a, it's a real thing. And maybe you can kind of go into what I'm talking about, Ash, and the, mm -hmm. on the taste bud part of it and training him. Sure. So like when I first started competing, I was just like everyone else in the sense that like I would get really bad cravings. I would be very food obsessed. I would feel like, that's the only thing I could think about was food. And I was always looking forward to my next cheat meal. I would even look at the grocery store ads like and be so excited when it came in on Sunday, the ads that come in the mail and just like circle things that I wanted. And I watched the food channel a lot and they call that food porn, right? <laughs> you, you watch the food channel and you see what them making food. And it's the only thing I think about when I first started prepping, you know, um, 
And then, you know, over the years, like things changed and my tastes changed. And most of it had to do with just developing very healthy habits and finding ways to cook, flavor, and season my food in a way that I like. So, you know, I think like we get into this um, idea as competitors that you, in order to get ripped, you have to eat like fish and asparagus like six times a day. And that is not the case at all. I don't eat any seafood. I think it's disgusting. Um, I'm not allergic to it, but it's just gross, you know? Uh, So like there are things that I don't eat and I'm actually a pretty picky person. Like I don't really like turkey that much. Uh, yeah, I actually don't like turkey at all. What am I talking about? I won't eat turkey. I won't really eat pork. Beef is okay. Beef and steak is okay. I might have it like once a week, but I've been eating a lot of chicken and veggies lately, you know, for the past years. But the thing is, is I cook it and flavor and season it in ways that are, are different and how I like. And it can taste like a totally new meal each time. And let's not forget that there's so many vegetables out there. And it's, you know, there's a lot you can do with just chicken and vegetables. And it doesn't have to be tilapia and and asparagus six times a day. Um, But, you know, learning what I like and don't like and, and how to prepare foods in a way that I think is, you know, tasty to me is super important. And over time, I kind of got rid of those cravings for the most part. I'll have a craving every once in a while. Most of the time, if I do have a craving, it's like something sweet and I can resolve that with, you know, a healthy alternative, like a protein bar or whatever. But I'm not like food obsessed like I used to be. And I don't really crave unhealthy things. I don't crave a mountain of nachos. I don't crave like cheesecake. Like, you know, I might have a slight craving for something sweet, but like I said, there's so many great options these days uh, for dieting that you can kind of make pretty good substitutions for almost anything that you are craving at the moment. But yeah, I don't, I don't really have that urge anymore to like, after a show, have this huge meal or something like I'm, I'm more like, yeah, I'd rather have a shower and, uh, you know, relax. Like it's just, um, I, I think it's just, I just return my taste buds, honestly. Yeah. And it's, we're going to go into that in a little bit of some other people who've done that. And it kind of shows that that application, like maybe, maybe is a real thing. I don't think it's something you can ever prove, but, uh, one of the ones that kind of turned me on to this too. So you talked about it before you said training your taste buds, I think I've gone through that. I don't have any issues at this point not eating. I I use a weird reason as well. So my reasoning is kind of a little different sometimes, but I just don't have the craving too. So I need, and I also need to address that. Um, I've been doing it so long because when I was bodybuilding though, I was more into having foods here and there. Um, What happened with me was when I was bodybuilding and then I would do a show, I did it three times where like right after the show I went, I ate everything I saw. And then I got to the point once, like my third, my last time I did it, I threw up and like, I, and then I, I remember I, I threw up and then I was like, oh, I'm hungry again. And so I hate more. And I was like, I can't believe I'm eating like after I threw up from being so full of food. And so like, it was so different of food too. I think it was a difference of food too, from what I was eating. It wasn't clean, like right after a show. And then I remember once I like pulled over on the road on the way home from the show, threw up, came back home ate, threw up again, and then kept eating the same food the cost of it. I was like, this is a problem, right? Like, so after that, I was like, okay, I never want to feel like that again. What happened to make me feel that way? 
And then since then, I never really um, have done it again. But I was more, it was more about me being afraid of throwing up because I don't like, that was not fun. I don't like right. that feeling at all. It hurts my chest, you know? And so, like, I was more afraid of it. And I was like, oh, I'll just eat clean and I want to stay lean anyway and whatever, right? And then it went on for years and years of me just staying clean, kind of not wanting to go through that again and not wanting to gain the weight back. I was kind of afraid of gaining the weight back, which I think wasn't the healthiest way of going about things. I was more of afraid of it. And now um, I don't do it. One, I don't desire because it's been so many years. Um, but two, it's like, to me, I'm like, well, I don't have, I'm not like a ripped bodybuilder now anymore. I don't really even deserve to have those cheap meal type things, right? Like right. I eat whenever I want to eat, I eat. I don't eat very badly, but I'll eat something. Like yesterday I went to a Korean barbecue. I made the right choices, but I still got to eat out there. It right. was mostly chicken breast and stuff. I still got to enjoy the day and, mm -hmm. and have fun and have, I don't even think I had anything. I think I had one, like four pieces of a sushi roll that was like might've been a little bad. So I, mm -hmm. I give myself enough freedom where I don't really want, I don't know. I don't really have any of these crazy desires. That's like, you a know, good point. yeah. Like the overly restricted people, you know, those tilapian asparagus with yeah. no seasoning people or yeah. a boiled chicken with broccoli people. I think that that's just setting themselves up for just like disaster because I think when you restrict yourself so much and you're so like, you, you know, strict with that and, and there's no leniency, it does make you want that more, I think. And, and you know that I'm not like too, um, what's the word we're looking for to, um, Loose with rigid. Your rigid. I'm not oh, rigid. too okay. rigid. Like I, yeah, no, for I sure. eat healthy. I just don't, I don't weigh my, my food. If, if like I have a craving, I satisfy it with a, another diet food or whatever. But like, I'm not like one of those people that's like, oh my God, I'm eating out at a restaurant. I got to bring my scale and bring my chicken in a plastic bag and with my lettuce and, and you know, I'm not like that at all. And I think that surprises a lot of people because they would think that, oh, since she doesn't eat bad, she must go the total opposite way and is so rigid and strict that she doesn't have any freedom and she must be miserable. And that's not the case. I'm just I'm very easygoing, I think, with my diet. I think it's like I, that it you got to find that little in between, right? That you're not like so like restrictive, like, and of course, if I'm closer to a show, I'll be way more strict and I'll be way more careful. And, and the same thing goes for the people out there that's prepping. Like, I guess you got to ask yourself too, is like, are you behind with your prep or are you on track or are you ahead of the game? Right? So if you're behind, yeah, you're probably going to have to be like one of those super strict people, but that doesn't mean you can't use seasonings or condiments that are like lower or zero calories right it doesn't have to be that intense like it you know like to the point where you know some people even ask me do you, do you have like coffee is black coffee okay and it's like well why the heck wouldn't it be okay yeah. it's like what <laughs> five calories a glass i'll burn that walk into the to the parking lot if i park my car farther away burn that you know the coffee. I mean? yeah exactly <laughs> some people get so like obsessed and strict with every little calorie but they're not looking at the bigger picture. Like what put them in that position to where they're counting calories that closely? You must be behind then. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so the, the idea is like, let's not be that. Don't let yourself go that much to where you have to be that strict. It's, you know, I think it's not, not the best for the long run to be that rigid where you can't even have black coffee. Like, come on. Yeah. And I you think, know? I think people automatically assume 
that you're like that uh-huh. because of how we talk about the off-season stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's not It's not like that. Our prep plans aren't like that. Like, so for example, on our, like on a menu plan that, because she does, so Ashley does menu plans. She just works with clients um, all over too. And uh, the menu plans that it will say, you know, chicken, turkey, lean pork, lean beef, egg whites, this, that. And have all these different options for a menu. So it's not like you're only eating fish. It's like, okay, you got nine proteins. You got nine carbs. You got 15 vegetables you can select from. You can make a meal like a hundred different ways, you know, right. with, with those options. So we're not saying super restricted on like just doing tilapia and asparagus. And I think that those are the people that do go and just as soon as the show's over, it's like the world opened up to them because that's how I used to prep. And that's what happened to me before, yeah. you know, but now, I mean, it's, it's super realistic to have a burger even in prep. Like that's very, it's, it's within the, all the food options that are there kind of, you might have to make adjustments and right. weird, like maybe when you're in the last couple weeks of prep, you might have to do like a rice cake hamburger, but whatever, it's still, you know what I mean? It still does the trick type of thing. Yeah. It's like, you, so it's uh, like that all or nothing mindset, which I'm not like that at all. Yeah. I think there is like a gray area in between and uh, that's, you know, just it's a more relaxing way to diet because I don't dread it. I'm like, you know, it is what it is. It's just like, oh, you know, it's food. Even after a show, I'm not, it's like, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll have something tonight. You know, my, my go-to is like a Diet Coke or I should say Diet Root Beer and like a protein bar is so satisfying to me after a show. Like that is like money after a show. It's like, <laughs> oh, and a shower. Um, but I'm not like, oh my God, I got to have a large burger and fries and a cheesecake after and candy. And it's like, not, it's not like that for me, really. It's just like, you know, I think, um, it, it's important to realize like that there is a little bit of a gray area in leniency that doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be so extreme in the in season versus so extreme in the off season. It, you shouldn't be dieting that much differently to where it's like night and day. Yeah, and I think that over the course of time, we can get to this thing we call, you know, training your taste buds. So I want to go into now play the video, too. We have two different videos here. I'll probably just, let's first go into, you know, let's go into Greg's because he discussed, like, kind of the the science behind it a little bit. So thanks for this, Greg. If you guys aren't watching his channel, he's got some cool stuff. He's got some drama stuff, too. I I was on his channel a few times. Yeah. (laughs) We're, for we're, good, he, how many times are we going to end up on these channels in well, the course of our lives? Like, I, I he he's Team Ashley. So <laughs> he is like Team it. Ashley. Though I do like Greg. He's yeah. cool. He's cool. Yeah, I've, I've, we've talked only only a couple times with that. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> here's the video that he talked about. So he's talking about Nick Ocavo, Nick Ocado Avocado, like celebrating being 400 pounds, um, all these things. You know, he's he's on the same page with us with his anti like um, I guess anti fat movement. So um, all right, so here's his video. These mukbang videos and eating the most delicious foods in the world, but it doesn't actually taste that good to him in comparison to me who eats a lot healthier. Let me tell you, the bigger you get, the further above your genetic set point you are, the less hunger you get, the less ghrelins released, the lower your leptin levels. And so you're not as hungry and food doesn't taste as good. And so the thought, the notion of having protein ice cream or a salad, you're thinking, no way. But when you lose weight, the opposite occurs. Foods that never tasted good, they suddenly taste a lot better. You get used to having less sugar, less fat, less calories, and your body suddenly makes all the foods more appetizing. And so if you're thinking, I can't give up these McDonald's burgers, fries, chicken nuggets, there's no way I could go without it. Trust me, if you lose the weight, other foods that have less sugar, fat, calories, you're going to suddenly start tasting that much better. And so it's actually easier to lose weight than you think. You're thinking, I can't go without So 
Um, so for some of you guys who couldn't hear the video, I guess someone couldn't hear it. Um, he's talking a lot about just how it's different when you're in different states. So when you are, you know, overweight and you're eating, I, mean, I would I would compare it to more of like an off-season thing. Maybe you've gained a lot of weight in the off-season. You know, at a certain point when you're gaining so much weight, the food's not tasting as good as when you are, you know, in season. You just got done with your show and you're just wanting to have these cravings. But he's also talking about, you know, your 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 body releasing leptin and ghrelin at different states. So, you know, if you're really, really dieted down really extremely and you're being extremely calorie deprived and extremely, you know, doing these crazy hours of cardio, you're, you're going to be a lot more hungry. You're going to be a lot less satiated. Um, but he's also talking about, you know, if you're eating all these foods for long periods of time, you're eating like these big mukbang video, mukbang, mukbang, what mukbang, mukbang, is that what mukbang. it's called? Mukbang, mukbang. mukbang. Yeah, these yeah. mukbang videos. It's like a thing. People eating like yeah, 10,000 Yeah, it's cups. basically what it is. It's a Korean word for like filming while eating food, but it should actually translate to normalizing binging because that's actually what it is, is it's normalizing binging and that's bad. Yeah, exactly. And it's, they're yeah, glamorizing it on, on this, right? So he's saying, you know, these guys are eating all these foods, but it doesn't taste as good to them anymore um, because they're just basically, you know, their, their body doesn't need the calories anymore, right? And so I think that some of this goes into training your taste buds for negative and training your taste buds for positive, right? And so the, me personally, I can only use, you know, me as an example and people I've worked with as an example. The people who've done it for long periods of time just seem to just, and it's a weird, it's, it's hard to justify, right? Because people who've done it for long periods of time seem to have an easier time sticking to their diet. But do those people have an easier time sticking to their diet because they've always had an easier time sticking to their diet? Or they actually train their taste buds, right? So it's like, it's a hard, you're never going to be able to answer that question because it requires adherence for a long period to, to know the answer, right? Mm -hmm. I would think that this happens. And one of the things that opened my eyes to it is this, this next video here, which I think is a lot more um, easier understood. And I'm going to turn this one up. And Arthur, can you turn up the TV? Is it the people on Instagram that can't yeah. hear? Because they can't hear the, yeah. It's that remote right there. We're going to turn it up for you guys too. Sorry for those listening on the uh, podcast. But turn, thanks, Arthur. So we'll turn this up. So this one's, this one is about Penn and Teller. I'm just going to go into some history on this. Well, not Penn and Teller. It's about Penn from Penn and Teller, I should say. And um, what this one is, is this was really cool. Um, so Penn lost 100 pounds in 84 days on a potato diet. So kind of like that camera we used that one time for the podcast, the potato. Potato. <laughs> we shot this podcast one time. It was a terrible podcast. It was a great podcast, but the camera yeah, we used it was, was like that for. Yeah, we've stepped year. it up. We got a whole yeah, thing down. Look at us now. Look at us now. <laughs> From a potato oh. to now some high tech equipment. Like how many cameras are we got? We got, we got this and Instagram, like four cameras too. Holy Lights. Crap. And yeah. these mics. You know, Wow. I know. We got to make the background prettier, though. I want to do something with it. I'll get your input on it. Okay. But anyway, um, so anyway, that was such a, such a, I guess it was just a good segue. But anyway, um, so Penn lost 100 pounds in 84 days going on a potato diet, right? And it doesn't, everyone's like, why would you just do a potato diet, right? It doesn't make any sense. Well, the thought process was, you know, if you stick to one food, extremely restricted, at the end of it, maybe your taste buds would not crave these other foods because you're only you basically had such a bland palate of taste buds that, and obviously you're going to be calorie restricted because you're not going to want to eat so much of that potato because it's boring, right? So that's kind of like the thought process behind it. I do not recommend this diet. Um, <laughs> it's like low protein, like it's that's some willpower. I don't. That's a tough and one. A potato? Oh my god! I don't even know if I could do that. Eighty-four like, days on a potato diet. Wow. I did that's. Something else. I did a vegan diet for 30 days. I that could one. do vegan. I like vegan foods. 
Dude, vegan food's I liked awesome. it a lot. Like three days in, I was cool. And then mm. after, you know what's weird about the vegan diet is I started craving meat, which mm. maybe I taste trained my taste buds to like meat, and I felt mm. like I was missing it. I've never cra- craved the texture of meat before in my life. But when I went on a vegan diet for 30 days, I craved the te- texture of meat. It wasn't the meat itself. It was the texture. And another thing that surprised me about the vegan diet was the sheer volume of food that was there. It was a lot more volume to get the same um, protein and calories in. It was like three times the volume of food. So having maybe for you guys who are struggling with being satiated, having a vegan meal maybe once a day might be a good option since the volume is so much greater than regular food. But yeah, no potato diet, 84 days, 100 pounds he lost. And I saw Penn and Teller. I got, it was cool. Good little magic show. I will, I will admit um, I, I go to all these Vegas shows. All right, so let's listen to what happened with the Penn and Teller diet. Hopefully you guys can hear it a little better online. Uh, if you can't hear it, we will be on the podcast. So you can, it'll be clear on the podcast. Let's give it a listen. So this, this is uh, the, the gentleman speaking about Penn and Teller, or about Penn, I'm sorry, is talking as from what he said about this diet, not the guy speaking himself. So what about what Penn said about the diet? To receive this. Uh, and my mind, my habits needed to receive this. I work out now. And here's the other thing. I eat foods that I love to eat now. Um, <clears throat> I don't like pizza anymore. I used to. I just don't like it anymore. I don't like burgers. I don't like steaks. I don't like, uh, I don't even like chicken, which was one of my favorite things before this weight loss. I have totally reprogrammed my gut biome, my taste, my habits around food. Now, <clears throat> speaking of those habits, he, he doesn't never eat things like pizza. In fact, every couple of weeks he uh, goes out with his kids and he eats pizza because he said. So I think that, I think that that's a good, uh, a good thing to hear. So going into, going into the diet, he really struggled with, um, you know, these foods that he was eating, he was eating a lot of these foods. You know, and he talked about it. He was eating foods. He was eating all these junk foods. And he was over, I mean, well over 100 pounds overweight at this point. He was a pretty big guy at one point. Now he's, he's pretty lean. He's actually, you know what's funny is I went to his show. Um, and the show, like the sh- any Vegas show, it usually starts off with something out here. Like I went to one on the weekend. It was pretty fun. There was this like magic guy. And he like came and he sat on Kimber and like started, he took her phone and started taking selfies and stuff. He goes, they just always mess with you. You know, it's like fun before the show starts, like entertainment. And Penn was on stage playing, uh, I don't know. Big, I don't know if it's a cello. I don't know these things. It was big. It was like it's a bass. I don't know. Anyway, he's playing an instrument, <laughs> and I didn't know it was him. He was there in front of me, like right in front of me the whole time, and I didn't realize it was him because I haven't seen him since this like giant weight loss. So um, it was a dramatic difference. I was like, oh wow, no, that is him. That's that's him. It's crazy. So um, anyway, so he went into this this diet craving these foods that were obviously unhealthy for him, probably shortening his lifespan. Um, keeping him overweight. And then he did this potato diet and got done with it. And then he was like, I don't really want these foods anymore. Kind of how, you know, we're talking, I don't really crave, you know, pizza anymore. I don't crave these things anymore. And I think that for everyone here listening to this, that struggle with their post show, which is a large majority of people. And I don't ever want to bash you guys. I hope that you don't ever take it that way. I'm never bashing you guys. I just want you guys to be better. I know you guys can do this. If this guy can do this, like you guys can do this. <laughs> like if you can step on stage in a bikini or, you know, sparkly man panties. <laughs> and, and, I like uh, that. <laughs> you like that? And, and, uh, and, and, you know, be there and go through 16 weeks of grinding 
and I don't think Penn is a better dieter than you guys. Like, right. I mean, I don't think, I don't think see that being the case, you know, having more dedication to diet than, than people in the contest prep world. So I just want, I just want everyone to reach their potential and I want everyone to find a way that's successful for them. And I want you guys to know who are going through that yo-yo and struggling going in and out and gaining 20, 30 pounds post-show, um, you know, that there is an answer to it long-term if you just adhere to it for a longer period of time, you know, and there's some stuff out there that you, maybe you guys can look up, look up this pen, um, look up this pen thing, look up that Greg Doucette video, how we talked about these things, look up more videos about that. I don't know how far we can dive into this um, taste bud training. I don't know how much is out there about it, right? Mm-hmm. But it, the, to me as a coach and working with thousands of athletes, um, you know, over the years, I mean, it's been a long time, but we have like just in our system, like over 7,000 people we've worked with over in our, in our, in the team elite physique system, um, over the years, and we're talking 20 years here, you know, um, just that many people alone. I've learned some things. I've seen some trends. I've seen some, you know, things that have, that have happened in consistent basis. And, uh, and it just seems to be that that's a real thing, that it's a real case. And this is a perfect example. He hasn't gained the weight back. He doesn't have the cravings like he had before. He trained, it seems like he's just training his taste buds. You know, I don't know. I don't know how much of that is a real thing, but it looks like it is to me. Yeah. It's very surprising that like he went all out like that to the like extreme, you know, um, which, you know, is, uh, <laughs> I would even say probably worse than tilapia and asparagus, but uh, <laughs> pretty hardcore. Yeah, that is hardcore. I, it's a very interesting food to choose, I would say. Um, and the good news is you don't even have to do a potato to, to, to yeah. apply the same rules, right? Even just cleaning up your diet. And I hate the word clean food, but like, you know what I'm saying? Get rid of the empty calories as much as you can. And you might surprise yourself how like much you don't miss them once you get in habit and routine. And, you know, I've brought it up before that you, when you are prepping, I find it that like for most people, the hardest part is like that first like few weeks or even a month of dieting, right? Because you kind of have to get into the swing of like, okay, I'm going from eating whatever to now I'm eating healthier foods. And at first you might not like it or you might not prefer it. But once you get in the habit, you're like, okay, I'm actually looking forward to this meal now. Like it's kind of like getting getting started is the hardest part, which I think most people would think it's like the end of prep, like a few weeks before show. But I find that most people like that last few weeks of prep for a lot of people is just like food is fuel at this point. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I think that a lot of people start to enjoy what they're eating. And, um, you, once they learn how to cook it and prepare it the way they like, it's, it's like, they're not even missing much, right? There's alternatives to almost anything you're craving out there. In 2022, what a time to be alive. We have so many great substitutions for for foods. Like, we even have, like, protein Pop-Tarts now. Like, what the heck? Yeah. What? What the heck? You know? That is crazy. There should be no excuses, like, for missing certain foods because there's an alternative. And maybe it doesn't taste exactly the same, but that's just something you got to get used to. I would say probably the biggest downside to those foods in comparison to your traditional junk food is it is a bit more expensive. If we're honest, it yeah. is a bit more expensive. Um, like for, for the Pop-Tarts, it's, you know, you get like 12 of them for $24. If if you went to Walmart and bought 24 Pop-Tarts, it would be like, what, $3? I yeah. don't know. So like, it's just like, there's 
of course you have to make a little sacrifices here and there, but ultimately you can definitely make it work. There are alternatives to everything. You can even substitute your favorite recipes for healthier versions. And I know Sam does that a lot. She'll take a traditional recipe like cookies or cupcakes and just make it more macro friendly and high in protein and, and, cut out the sugar and all that. But I think there's something else to it as well. And I think it's the way we think about food. And a lot of people think of food as a reward, which is interesting. It's like, are we animals? Like, oh, the dog gets a treat for, you know, going to the bathroom outside. You know, like (laughs) we're thinking of it as an like a reward, which is strange or something that makes people happy. And it can be a part of your happiness, sure, but... It's almost like people think of it as the sole thing that makes them happy, Yeah, which is interesting, you know, if you really think about it. Because if I'm thinking about what makes me happy in life, it isn't, food isn't even a thought. You know what I'm saying? It's more like achieving my goals or, you know, having my relaxing recovery time or stuff like that, or just enjoying the day on with good weather and stuff. You know what I mean? It's not like what makes me happy is a burger and fries. It's not even something that crosses my mind. And I will say like, I reward myself in different ways other than just food, you know, like I like, I always say I like having my like day of pampering at the spa or getting a massage and getting my nails and our hair, just relaxing, just, you know, soaking it all in. I, I don't really, consider like food as part of like my reward and you know I have like this catchphrase you know after a show sometimes I'll say when somebody asks me so what are you gonna have for a cheat meal tonight and I'm like "Mm, I don't know I'm kind of I'm kind of full off this win this W (laughs) was very satisfying I don't (laughs) I don't think I need a burger and fries or something along the lines of like yeah I don't know my goals taste better than this cheesecake would yeah so you know, it's kind of like that five minutes of satisfaction of a, of a cheesecake versus like memories to last a lifetime and being proud of yourself. And, you know, I, I think that it is OK to have like food that can kind of in, you can incorporate it as part of your reward, but it shouldn't be like the main focus. It can be like part of a day of just relaxing and just, you know, going off a little bit, but it doesn't need to be the sole reward. We're not animals, you know. We're not caged animals that get a treat for doing yeah. tricks. Well, even then, caged, like animals for treats, you for doing things. Like dudes is in the office all the time and I give him the snacks. But I, I give him the same snack. I've been giving him the same snack for like three years. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like the same. But he's so excited about it every time, you know, because oh, yeah. his, his taste buds are, tra- I pull out the little snack bag and I'm like, okay, here's your 1,000th snack <laughs> of, of, of like whatever it even tastes like. Yeah, It's not like a brownie, you know, it's like this dog treat and he's like, Oh my gosh, it's the best. I can't believe it. I'm getting this today. Like, it's like, why are, why are, you know what I mean? It's like, you imagine if, if like a dog was like, oh no, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take a cheese. Like it's funny, yeah. it, but it's just the way that their taste buds are trained and their thoughts are behind food yeah. just for survival. Right. Which is how, um, what you're talking about at the end, I think that's important to go into too, is that I think when I was doing shows, I was the same way. There was a point where the suffering of prep you know, and it's funny because even these days I'll get like a bikini competitor who's like 120 pounds, who's eating like 1500 calories and doing like 45 minutes of cardio. She's like, oh, I'm dying during prep. But I'm like, 
I was like, I was 190 <laughs> eating like 1100 doing like an hour of cardio, right? And like, even that wasn't considered extreme. I had friends uh, that had to make classic physique, like my friend, Ru- you know, Russ, he had to, he said at one point he's eating like 950 calories and doing like two hours of cardio just to make weight. And he was oh like, my God. yeah, he's like, it's fine. He's like, I enjoy the suffering. He's like, when it, when am I, he's like, when it hurts, like when my stomach hurts, it just means that it's working. And I was like, like, he, he really does bask in the glory of suffering. He like, he, he loves, like for him, it's like, it's like a, it's a different state of mind. I, mm. I admire that about him a lot because he, he does, he, you do not like, you do not question his intensity when he's in diet. But, um, it's so, but that's just, it's, it's funny. Cause these girls will, will say these things at like 1500 calories and like half the weight of, you know, Chris Bump said he was at, I think he said, now don't, you could fact check me on this. I think they said he was at. 1200 calories at one point his last prep because he had to make weight the guy's like 250 pounds and he's a big man (laughs) he's a really big man and he's like so it's funny when these people are like oh i'm suffering i'm suffering but anyway towards the end of prep even at that low of calories and that high of energy output um you know the the intensity of the workouts it didn't go down the weights went down i couldn't keep that part of it up but the intensity was all in the mindset i think and then the uh, the hunger was not was not really a factor at that point. I was just so in the zone. And I think most everyone who does prep at the end gets in the zone so much that they don't even care. Like most people do. Most people aren't complaining the last few weeks of prep. It's just like go time. And what I've also found is that sometimes I'll have people struggling to lose weight, to lose body fat in prep. And it'll be like a 16-week prep and it's like a grind all the way. And then week like four hits and it's like, Oh, one month out. And then all of a sudden the results start coming. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what changed? Cause it should be slowing this last month. It shouldn't be speeding up. What changed? I'm like, Oh, their mindset changed. They're not doing the little snacks. They're going with full intensity to the gym. They're training every day. Like, Oh, I'm running out of time. And the intensity just levels up. And all of a sudden miracles, <laughs> miracles happen. Right. And all of a sudden everything's working and you're like, Oh, why didn't you attack the first 12 weeks, like you attacked the last four. Mm-hmm. Well, your mindset was different the last four. Cause now you're like, I'm running out of time. Right. right. And so that's what changes. And it's like, it's, uh, there's a, there's hopefully a few of you can recognize that you're doing that too. And you're like, yeah, why can't I just attack the first 12 weeks? Like I do the last four. Cause if you attack the first 12 weeks, like the last four, the last four are going to be breeze. They're going to be super easy, but um, that's a common thing. So I think it's just realizing at the end, okay, if I just, don't think of prep being done when the show is over and I can stay in that state of mind and not give in for a few weeks and start slowly increasing my food through these good foods. The bad foods aren't going to have as high of an impact as on me as they will right after the show. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem that I have. You guys have heard me talk about these cookie companies that I, I really <laughs> despise. I despise these cookie companies. I think that they take advantage of a weakened state of mind from people who don't have a lot of experience and they sell at higher numbers at NPC than they will at IFEB. And I feel like people that promote them, really need to look at the eating habits of our competitors and the bad. And it's not really the eating habits or health issues that I have because most of our competitors in our area, like in our weight that we're going to have, especially in bikini, aren't going to have these crazy weight gains where it's a, where it's a real health problem, but the confidence issues that they have and the psychological problems that these, these girls have when they gain 20, 30 pounds. And there is, is, uh, is something that we need to discuss more. It happens from from not looking at a mirror and not being able to to not take a picture to not even wanting to see a mirror within a month is a problem, you know. And these companies that are like selling cookies at shows that are twelve hundred calories and taking advantage of this situation, I think is uh, 
purely an opportunist mindset that needs to be away from our industry. But that's my whole thing on it. You know, <laughs> Ashley is really quiet. I, I just despise those people who take advantage of that, of that weakened state of mind. Um, and I think anyone who's promoting that really needs to really take a look at that and, and themselves and be like, okay, dude, is this something I really want to stand behind? Maybe my metabolism is fast, but most people's aren't and can't get away with it. You know, and, and when we talk about doing these things in moderation, 1200 calorie cookies are not something in moderation. They, no one eats half the cookie. Like no one, even then it's a lot, but no one, everyone usually eats the whole thing and they'll go for two of them, you know? So anyway, that being said, if you could just stick to it and come up with a proper reverse plan, I usually tell everyone post-show, you know, have a steak, have a steak and potato, have a steak and fries. Like it's still pretty darn good, you know, even have a glass of wine if you want a, a drink the next morning, maybe have something small. Um, and then go back to your diet and let's start increasing you from there. You should get the taste out of your mind. I don't think it's unrealistic to say that, you know? Right. And, um, you know, I'm not saying, no, continue to eat chicken and, <laughs> and and only broccoli, you know, right after the show when all your friends are eating whatever, you know? So, but understand you're in a very susceptible spot to be gaining back body fat at a very rapid rate when you're in that state of, when you're in that state. And then that is going to be the most critical time. And that's when you see everyone gaining those 20 pounds that first month post show is when their body isn't adjusted now from the, the higher calorie intake and they just rapidly increase calories. So I think that if you can just stay in that state of mind of those last couple of weeks and realize that it's within your capabilities, you know, what does it take for you to do that? Even with more food, it should be easier. So what does it take? What is, what is the missing piece for you um, to, to do that? And I don't know how you got to the place that you did. But mm -hmm. it did take, I think it took some learning. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've made mistakes before, and um, I've definitely overdone it after shows back in the earlier days before meeting Adam. And, you know, it really, it's not worth it. And it, I've, I've overdone it and just felt like crap the next day, the next week. Your body's just like, what the heck, just you. And... I think of it in a different way than I think most people do. A lot of people, again, do the, re I deserve this. This is my reward for working so hard for 16 weeks during this prep. And I'm just going to eat whatever the heck I want. And I think of it in a different way. I'm like, I, you know, my body did some incredible things over this last 16 weeks of prep. And I pushed it hard. I worked so hard and, um, you know, my body deserves the best and it deserves, of course, a little bit of a break, but it does not deserve like me basically like in a, binging and it, that's not going to make your body happy. You know, it's going to make your taste buds happy for like 20 minutes while you eat it, but it's not going to do any good for your body when you overdo it like that. And when I'm saying overdo it, I'm not saying like the steak and fries. I'm, I'm talking about all that, like everything that can fit in your stomach kind of binge, right? Um, yeah, your body won't appreciate that much, <laughs> especially if you haven't had those foods in a while, you're going to not feel very good or look very good in the next week or so. And I want to treat my body right. And I want to do everything I can to, um, you know, reward it in the best way possible. And that's not by force feeding it. And I think too, is like when we have a taste of like the real sugars and, and like junk food, I think it starts the cycle all over again. You get a taste for that. And then it's like, oh, I want more. 
I want more and more and more. And the longer you go with having those foods, the harder it is to kick that habit again. It's like you re-triggered that taste. And I think for me, you know, I'm not like a perfect dieter, right? It's not like I've stuck 100% even after shows and stuff. It's like I get curious taste buds, I think, sometimes. I'll want to try like a little bite here and there. Like, oh, Adam, what's that on your plate? Can I have one of the, oh, okay. And then I get the taste. And I'm like, okay, you know. But I cut myself off. Like, uh, I'm a sampler. I'll sample things. Yeah. Um, so I get curious taste buds. But I think, like, I, I really, that you got to be very aware of when to cut yourself off. Like, you know, like, okay, you know, that's that. I, I tasted one of your potatoes or whatever. <laughs> I'm good. All right. On to the next. And I think it's like that, that especially like that post-show meal and the day following, if you don't cut yourself off after the Sunday, after your, your show, you're going to start to get in that habit again of like, okay, eating whatever. Oh, this tastes, this, this real chocolate cake tastes way better than my protein bar does. It's because you've re-triggered that, that taste bud. And it's like, you know, you're at a very weak state at that point and you're going to likely continue on with that habit and it could be a downward spiral depending on who it is. So I think it's important to realize like you're how mentally strong are you with having uh post-show foods, right? If you know that you're not better not to have that even as a temptation, right? And I see like people bring all these cupcake dozen of cupcakes and donuts and everything into their hotel room and bags of candy for post-show as if it's going to be discontinued or something like I promise you there will always be donuts for you you don't need a whole dozen you don't need a whole bag of candy you're setting yourself up for failure because I doubt you're just gonna have like one of those pieces of candy out of that one pound bag I doubt it like you know what I'm saying so just realize that junk food's always gonna be around you don't need to seek it out and put it in front of your face after a show when you're the most vulnerable, because it's likely not going to turn out good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, what's funny is I've been through that, that donut thing where someone was like, I just want to taste different ones. And they had, they bought four of them when they were in, it was when I was in Denver and they had a voodoo, we have voodoo donuts out there, which is like a really good donut spot in, in Denver. And, um, she got four different ones. And she's like, I just want a bite of each. That's all. And then by the time the night was over, all four were gone. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it just doesn't work. You know, it just mm-hmm. doesn't like, unless you cut them and took them and like gave the rest there. Yeah. It was pretty. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it just, that was a funny, that was a really funny day too. Cause there was like, there was these homeless guys in front of the, the voodoo thing. And, um, I ended up buying like some donuts for them. Just funny because like the taste bud thing. It's like it kind of it's relative to the taste bud thing. So I just bought some donuts for those guys because there was like there was like four of them sitting out in front, and I gave them like the box with like their four donuts, for, like four guys, and then they're like, "Oh no, thanks. We eat those all the time." <laughs> I was like, "I'm getting turned down for donuts, like from like, I you know homeless guys. I don't know. It's, it's a kind of a weird thing to get turned down for." And I was like, "Okay, I guess we got more donuts." Yeah, <laughs> like, it's kind of funny, but it's just funny because they're like, "Oh no, thanks," and they just hang out there. Like we eat those all the time. I think they just give them out at the end of the day or something. And I was like, "It's just funny the taste bud thing, right?" Oh like, yeah. Everyone else, when they're not eating donuts, wants them like crazy. But then someone who gets them all the time, they're just like, "Eh, you know." Yeah. It is kind of relative. It's a funny story, and it's relative to the topic. I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. Totally. <laughs> and you know something else too is like I am not a fan of wasting food. I do not waste food. I will, I will do the most to to save it or give it away or something. And 
you know, I think like if you have friends, you could, hey, just finish this. For, I just want a bite. You take the rest. Even when you're out at a restaurant, get a to-go box off the bat and be like, you know, what? I'm only going to have half of this burger or whatever and automatically put it away out of sight, out of mind. You can even freeze it when you get home. I freeze foods. I give my foods to my boyfriend, whatever, as long as it's out of sight, out of mind, and I don't like wasting food. You know that. So, like, yeah. anything you can do to kind of get get the temptation away I think is best, you know. Um, even sometimes, like, I'll be out shopping, and I'll be like, oh, this is a cool, like, thing I want to try. And, you know, I'll, I'll – give it to Sam to keep in her hotel room until after. And then maybe I'll have like a bite and be like, okay, I'm packing that away and I'll let Hugo have the rest of these flavored almond things or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, self-control is very important and you just got to realize that off the bat, like don't leave temptation in front of you. Don't leave it around the house. And I know that does get tricky sometimes, especially when people have kids, right? When people have kids, it's like, well, you know, you don't want them to necessarily feel restricted. And that's where it does get tricky. And you just got to find ways around it, like even keeping some things in a garage or whatever you have to do. Um, It's just, you know, I think it is a problem when people have it all around them all the time if they can avoid it it's better just to keep it out of the way you know what um funny story because this also goes in the taste buds and the kids that you brought up reminded reminded me of um this story that i had i had a client um and he was like yeah i let my kids make their own decisions on food and whatnot i was like okay how's that go he's like well we don't have any junk food in the house though so when they're out though that's up to them right Mm -hmm. he's like so we were at he was telling me at the first time his kid tried seven up He's like, we were at a party and this kid was like, I don't, I, don't, I want to say he said he was five or seven, something like that, real young. And then he gave it to him. He's like, okay, yeah, you could, you could try it. If you want to try it, you could try it, you know? So the kid drank the seven up and he, all he drank at the house was like water and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, he's a very healthy guy. He was kind of like, I feel like if we had kids kind of be like at our house, we'd die coke. Maybe. And then the kid like drank something. He was, and I guess he gave that mouth, like that look of like, you know, he's like, this yeah. is so sweet. This is gross, right? Like one of those yeah. things. And I was like, really? That's what happened? He didn't drink more? He's like, yeah, he, he hated it. And so he never drank it again, which is, uh, which is, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's kind of like the first time you have like a drink, like a real drink, like alcohol. I never, I never got past that personally. <laughs> I'm like the biggest wuss with that. So I hate, I'm like, I don't know why I didn't drink this. It's so gross. And all my friends are like, oh, you just need to like sit in your basement and watch a football game with like a 12 pack of beer. By the end of it, you'll like it. I'm like, why would I force myself to like something right. that is disgusting from the start? Like it's, so I just never got past that with alcohol. And I've had so many people like give me drinks, like, well, try it. It's because you never tried this. And I'm like, no, I don't like, I can taste it no matter what. That's what people do with seafood with me. They're like, oh no, but the sushi, you can't even taste it in there. And I'm like, <laughs> I can smell it from here. I can definitely <laughs> taste it. Don't even play with me. I've tried it all. Believe me, yeah. it's not going to happen. I've been guilty it's of that with happen. you one time. In Japan, I was like, <laughs> I felt bad for you. The I was whole like, sushi place smelled like I know. I did feel bad for you. I like had this, I had a bad, I was like, I can't believe she's going to leave Japan without having real sushi. Like that was, that one was like, that was the only time I went there with you. (laughs) I was like, you got it. You got it. It And then we went into this Japanese restaurant and she couldn't even handle the smell. That was, you, you were tough though. You did it. You did a good job for us. You did. You stayed in there. You know, you probably were like vomiting almost throughout the whole time. It was really good. Japanese sushi. Okay. People, you know, what's weird. People talk about sushi and they're like, 
they're like, oh, this is the best sushi place, the best sushi. All American sushi tastes the same to me. I don't taste any difference of like a high-end place, whatever. But Japanese sushi, there was a difference. There was like a, just, it was different. Mm. Um, <laughs> but you'll never know. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I'm missing out. Yeah, no, you know, you're not, Ashley. You've, you've trained your taste buds. There you go. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, with that being, uh, with that being said, you know, we could go into these questions real quick about food. So one of them was about Kodiak cakes. Um, I personally have Kodiak cakes nowadays, like almost every morning. I mean, I'm having Kodiak cakes like twice daily sometimes. Um, it's just a thing. Kimber cooks them all the time, like every morning. And it's it adds a protein to it, adds muscle egg to it. Um, muscle egg discount, help Ashley's get more bows for her hair. <laughs> Muscleegg.com forward slash team elite physique. <laughs> get her, she'll be bow abundant. Yes. Um, <laughs> No, uh, muscle, muscle egg with Kodiak cakes. So that is a thing. You definitely can do that. Um, and that's the thing is you have a lot of flexibility in your diet. Uh, another girl says, Crystal says, I think uh, she says, I have trained my mind to see a cookie and think stomach ache. <laughs> mm. So there's another, you know, that's probably a real thing I mean, with me at this point. If I had it, I think I would, I get, you know what happens when I eat foods that I'm not used to eating nowadays. Cause I'm, I do eat so clean as I get like acid reflux. That mm. is a thing. Like if I eat pizza, like it'll be good for the first like piece and then anything past that, it's like, now I'm feeling, I'm battling that, you know? Just I don't know if that's another natural way around it. Um, any more questions, you guys? Now would be the time to ask them. Someone says this makes so much sense, this topic. And I think it does, too. All right. I think that is it. Let me see. Last bit of questions. Anything you wanted to mention, Ash? Um, hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, hi. All right. So I got a few people, though, confirming the kid thing. There's a girl here, um, LaBella. She says, my daughter doesn't need all that sugar either. Um, I limit her. We don't have it in the house. And you take her out as a treat. Okay, so taking it, not keeping it in the house, but taking it out. It's a good, a good option. Another one says, uh, uh, Bianca says, my kids love asparagus. You started them young. Oh, that's what's up. You know? Yeah. So. Dang. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think maybe there is something to that, just growing up with it mm -hmm. and, and not growing up with all the other junk in the house, which one is going to help you adhere to your diet more, but also maybe train them, train their taste yeah, buds for the future. Yeah. I think too, is like some, sometimes people get like a negative view on like parents that, you know, have overly healthy diets for their children and they think that they're really restricting their kids, but it's kind of like, I wonder if you don't tell them like, Hey, this is a good food and this is a bad food and you just have food in the house if it kind of affects how they think of food does that make sense yeah. like this is healthy this is not just have healthy food in the house don't call it healthy it's just, just your food you have yeah i don't have any snacks in my food my house i don't have any snacks <gasps> in my food i know i don't have any snacks in my house i have snacks. you know i have like quest chips is like the only snack i have and yesterday is a, a good example snack. i was like a little hungry um when we got home and then i was like yeah i want a snack and i went in my cabinet um and i i went to like look for something and i was like and then I left, I was like, and then Kimber was like, do you want, you don't want anything? I was like, no, there's no snacks. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm gonna cook dinner in like an hour. And I was like, okay, I can wait. You know, so it's like, right. I don't know, like, I think if I had them, I would have definitely eaten them. So I don't know if that's necessarily the best mm. thing, but it works for me. I mean, it worked. I don't have any, I don't have anything like really snack wise in the house besides mm. like rice cakes. But um, I think that that's, that's important too. And like training your, training your mind and, and just not giving in just every time you have, you're like just thinking you're bored, you know, cause bored I wasn't, obviously I wasn't yeah. super hungry. Because yeah. I went another hour and I was fine. It was more like boredom. I just got home and I was like, ah, I guess I'm a little hungry. I don't know. But I probably wasn't, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think those things too. So anyway, um, I mean, 
if if uh, if I ever have kids, I do. I think they're going to be a little bit uh, clean, a little little cleaner than probably most. I wonder if at what point is it bad though, right? Because you're, you're. But here's the thing: it's it the doesn't same. have to be bad unless you address that it's this is a good food, this is a bad food. You just it's the same food. argument though, right? As people being able to say when you're lean, people are like, "Oh, eat a cheeseburger." But if you see a fat kid, you're like, "Take that cheeseburger away from him," yeah. right? Like those two things. One is evil. You say take that cheeseburger away from that kid, right? But if someone's too lean, they can say it to you. It's still that, that you know what I mean? It's so weird how that's a thing. It's mm-hmm. weird, right? Because, like, that kid is going to grow up with less confidence, be made fun of at school, like, not be as good at sports. Like, these are, sorry, guys, these are the facts. Like, more likely for heart problems, more likely for early death, right? All these issues. But the girl who's lean is going to do what? Jump higher, lift more weights, be more attractive to the opposite sex? Like, what is... What is, you know what I mean? But we can't say anything. So it kind of yeah. goes into one of those things too. Like how dare you feed your, not have snacks at your house. It's I wonder if it's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, there's way more people that die of um, weight related complications and being overweight than the opposite direction. Like I don't have stats, but I can tell you that I know more stats. people right. die of being overweight than they do of being anorexic or famished, you know? Number one cause of early deaths in America is heart disease from food, from obesity issues. Oh, you're telling me it's not from being famished. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> what it's some know? crazy stuff right is it, there. Yeah, it's, is it crazy? We have more people dying from overeating than undereating. Mm-hmm. We crossed that point years ago. Yeah, it's not. Um, and that's worldwide. That's yeah. worldwide, not just American. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, so everyone's like, everyone's like, feed the starving. I'm like, underfeed the overeating. <laughs> the overeating. How's that? <laughs> Start a new campaign here. Everyone's going to love me on that one. <laughs> yeah. I don't earn any points with that community. It's great. So mm. anyway, that with that being said, guys, um, I guess that's it. Another yeah. successful podcast. Can we get a clap from the audience? <laughs> Thank you so much. We... We'll talk to you later. Yes. Thanks so much.